LifePoint Church, what's good? How y'all doing this morning? Man, I'm so glad to be here with you guys. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mark, and I serve as one of the pastors here on staff at LifePoint Church. Also, once again, one more time, my point, can we just welcome our online campus? Come on. We are so thankful for you guys. Thank you for joining us. Do us a favor, post in the comments below and let us know where you are watching from because we love to see where God is moving in his church. Wasn't worship just great this morning? Come on, wasn't worship good? I'm just so thankful for Pastor Elmer and the worship team. Azura, like, hit that note. You caught that? She said, Jesus. I can't do it like Gary, though. It's, it's not as good. But we're in that point of our worship where we continue through our tithes and our giving and our offering. And so every year we do an annual serve day, as Pastor Bo said earlier. And that starts this coming Saturday, July 10th. And today, actually, we're also doing something called Bags by the Bumper. And so what that is, is, is typically we fill, we fill up our bags with a whole bunch of stuff, whatever needs we have in our community. And what we do is we collect the bags today because we come alongside other nonprofit and organizations to give those things away. All right. But you guys need to know that your giving is making a difference because when Serve Day comes, we're not just serving with hundreds of other churches across the nation. We get to serve our own city and community. And your giving is making a difference because, it, because we're able to do that. With your giving, we're able to just go ahead and bless the socks off of other nonprofit organizations. Rather, we're able to come alongside the homeless and feed them. Sometimes it's a project such as just making a whole bunch of food bag lunches and we give them out to our uh, first care responders. So whatever it is, you guys need to know that your giving is making a difference. At the end of the day, Jesus did not come to be served. He came to serve. Can I get an amen, somebody? So please note your tithes, your giving is making a difference. There's a plethora of different ways to give, whether it's text to give, doing it online. You can fill out the envelope and the seat pocket available in front of you. And you can leave that at the back of the auditorium or anywhere in our lobby um, in one of the stations. But just thank you so much for your giving. Also, happy Independence Day. Come on, America. That's what people like to say, right? Is that how y'all do it? <laughs> but I want to give a special shout out, though, to two groups of people. If you have or if you do wear the uniform, Thank you, thank you, thank you for your service. Thank you, men. Thank you, women. And I also want to give a special shout-out to, I want to get, give a special shout-out to a group of people that go unnoticed in these times. Because of our men and women in uniform, they can't do what they do without the support of their family. So spouses, thank you, Army wives. Thank you, Army husbands. Thank you so much for what you do. Because you do what you can do, our men and women in service can do what only they can do. So thank you, thank you for that. Well, if you're new with us, we've been in the book of Acts uh, for the past couple months. Pastor Mike loves going through whole books of the Bible, which is our lead pastor. And so um, we've been in that for about two or three months right now. And so, you know, the book of Acts is a pretty long book, so we'll probably be in it for the next four years or so. So just roll with us. Um, but didn't Pastor Jordan do a great job last week just talking about how Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and how Peter caught out a bunch of Pharisees and Sadducees, a.k.a., as he says, the haters, right? So anytime you hear Sadducees or Pharisees, what he's referring to is the religious folk. And so we continue to see more of that. We continue to see more of the Sadducees and the religious folk basically just hate on Peter, all right? So if you would, go ahead and flip your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. But I want to ask you guys a question before we get into the text. How many of you guys, be real, all right? This is my amen crowd, right? That, 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 that didn't feel like the amen crowd. I heard like one amen. This is my amen crowd, right? So y'all can say, well. Y'all can say, okay then. You can say, say that. that. Alright, there you go. Work with me, alright? How many of you guys struggle with peer pressure? Is it just the pastor? I see like 10 people. Really? Y'all lying right now because y'all being pressured, huh? <laughs> We've all struggled with peer pressure at some point though in our life. Whether we struggle with peer pressure in school, as a high schooler in college, maybe we struggle with peer pressure on the job, at work. 
Maybe you guys recently had an audible amongst your family, and you're struggling with peer pressure right now and your family dynamics. But the thing about peer pressure, it has a way of revealing what it is that we really value, right? So when we have that moment where everyone's telling us to make a decision to choose point A, but you really want to choose point B, and if we give in the point A because of what everyone else is saying, we're actually revealing what it is that we really stand for. And sometimes what it actually does is it reveals what our foundation is in or we thought it was in and actually isn't. So I've titled today's message in light of today's talk. If you guys are taking notes, today's message is called, What's Your Foundation? What's Your Foundation? Because pressure has a way of revealing our foundation. Which leads me to my first point in the form of a question. Point one, if you're taking notes, will you reflect Jesus? Will you reflect Jesus? Let's look at verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they, meaning the Sadducees, the religious folk, all right? When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Now, keep in mind, because we've been in the book of Acts, so far up until this point, the greatness of God, the power of God, the miracles of God have been taking place through one person. And his name is Peter right? This is the first time that we see something shift. For the first time, the boldness of God is not just happening with Peter. The boldness of God is not happening with Peter and John. I love this text because I'm reminded that the boldness of God doesn't just stop with one person. It's meant to be spread amongst multiple people. By the way, Peter and John, it's a community. What is that? That's small group language. The boldness of Jesus Christ doesn't just stop with one person. The boldness of Jesus Christ is meant to be shared amongst a community of believers. Have you guys ever had a moment where you guys had to embrace in a conversation with someone that you were nervous about? Or maybe you had to give a presentation in front of a whole bunch of people, but because you just had that one individual that came alongside you, they just increased your confidence a little bit? Can anyone else relate with that, right? There's something about being around a group of other individuals, even if it's just one, that gives you confidence and boldness. And that's what we see start to, start to take place over here. But this is what the gospel does for us. Boldness in the Lord is contagious. And you know what the best part about their boldness is? It had nothing to do with their education. You guys catching that? It has nothing that it says they weren't even perceived to be educated. They, meaning once again the Sadducees, the religious folk, perceived that they were uneducated, common men. And it says they were astonished. Like they were perplexed. They couldn't put a finger on it. I just picture it like the Sadducees were a bunch of Southerners. They'd be like, well, I'll be dog, how'd they do that? Like, they're just wowed. They were amazed. They couldn't, they had no idea how to explain. But can I just tell you, LifePoint Church, if you have said yes to Jesus, don't you know that you have the power and the bigness and the boldness and the greatness of God living and dwelling inside of you? Y'all can amen me at any single point in time. Look, it has nothing to do with your education. The boldness and bigness of God has nothing to do with your intellect. The boldness and bigness of God has nothing to do with your skill. It has nothing to do with your talent has nothing to do with what you don't know. The boldness and bigness of God has everything to do with the power of Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, we have to remember that our boldness is not tied to our intellect. It's tied to the closeness of God. And again, see what the text said. The Sadducees said that they recognized that they had been with him. So let me ask you, LifePoint Church, what about your life says that you're reflecting Jesus Christ? What about your life says that I've been around with Jesus that makes people go up to you and go, have you been with Jesus? Because we all say we want the boldness of God, but how's your time with God? So let me ask you, how's your prayer life? 
How's your reading life? How's your group life? Because God doesn't just talk to us directly. He also talks to us through his people. I mean, this is why we come to church, right? How's your reading life? How's your devo life? Is it, am I talking to anyone else in here besides the pastor? <laughs> the Sadducees recognized that Peter and John had been with Jesus. So my question is, what about your life reflects that you've been with Christ? When you're at the workplace, do people come up to you and say, why do you lead the way you do? Why do you serve the way you serve? Why do you love the way you love? Do people in your family come up to you and go, why are you as graceful as you are? Why are you as patient as you are? Why are you as hopeful as you are? What about your life says that I am all in with Jesus, that it makes even people who don't know Christ go, do you know Jesus? How are you doing with that? And I'm just reminded that it's not based on your intellect or your education to reflect the boldness of Jesus Christ. But you do need to spend time with Jesus Christ. Don't use your intellect or lack thereof as a reason as to why you can't be bold in the things of God. Because the boldness of Jesus Christ has nothing to do with what you know here. It has everything to do with your time and your presence with the Lord. Because if we don't spend time with Jesus in a way that shows that we reflect him, it becomes easier to reject him. First question I ask you guys is, will you reflect Jesus? Second question I have is, or will you reject him? Let's keep going. Look at verse 14. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, what shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And not just like religious folk. Like they get amongst each other trying to snicker and start plotting and planning up against one another, right? They fully acknowledge the miracle that's been done, and they notice that the miracle was done through them, meaning they had total awareness that the miracle was coming not just from Jesus, but it was happening through Peter and John. And look at the rest of the verse. Verse 16 says this. It says, we cannot deny it. We can't even deny it. But, it's a big but, out of context. Y'all know what I mean when I say that, all right? Roll with me, roll with me. But in order that it may spread no further among the people... Let us warn them no more. Let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in the name of Jesus. So they called them and they charged them not to speak, not to teach in the name of Jesus. I find this very fascinating and interesting because it's almost like they're saying, hey, you can keep doing all these great things. Just don't say it in the name of Jesus. You can speak all you want. You can teach all you want. You can do good things all you want, but just don't do or speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Does anyone else have those people in their life where, and maybe you too, you have struggled with this. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you've prayed these big prayers for God to do, to just to show up and do miraculous things in your life, but he didn't show up the way that you desired him to. He didn't show up the way that you expected him to. And because of that, we walked away extremely disappointed that probably even led us into just rejecting him. Can anyone else relate with that? Do we have anyone in the room that's connected with that? We have people in our lives that struggle with that same thing. That's a legit struggle, by the way. But here... The religious people firmly see the miracle. Not only do they see the miracle, they know who it's from. Yet, they still decide to reject it. And the reason why is, church, the Sadducees, a.k.a. the religious people, had their own agenda. And here's what happens. When the truth of God comes alongside of us, the truth of God has a way of dismissing and disrupting our theology. 
The truth of God has a way of just coming across everything that we know. The truth of God has a way of disrupting our experiences. You got to keep in mind, the Sadducees had not seen anything like this before. This was disrupting everything that they knew, everything that they knew. And guess what? Just like them, we too, when we are confronted with the truth of God, we too like to dismiss it because we want what we want, how we want, whenever we want. And when we do that, LifePoint Church, we are no better than the Sadducees rejecting Jesus. Because if we're being honest, some of us are more concerned about a political agenda than God's agenda. Some of us are more concerned about the cultural agenda than God's agenda. Some of us are more concerned about what our racial agenda is than God's agenda. Some of us are more concerned about an influencer that has no idea who we are in comparison to a God who loves us intimately. Some of us are more concerned about the agenda of our family dynamics. We're more concerned about what mom says or what dad says or what our in-laws say. We're way more concerned about the agenda of everybody else instead of the agenda of Jesus. And here's what this really says. What it says is, God, you can have my life, but not my marriage life. God, you can have my life, but not my single life. God, you can have my life, but not my sex life. God, you can have my life, but not my work life. God, take my life. I'm all in, but not my financial life. I got that. Lord, take my life, but not my parenting life. God, take my life, but not how I think. Not my political life. God, take my life, but not my cultural life, not my racial background life. Lord, have everything you want in store for me, but not this. And here's what happens, LifePoint Church. Every single time we do that, we are idolizing the very thing that God desires to be number one at in your life. So what is it that's keeping you from going all in with Jesus? Is it your family? Is it your cultural background? Is it your political stance? Is it a group of people that you're hanging with that you know you don't need to be spending time with? For some of us, it's our pain. For some of us, it's our baggage. For some of us, it's our past. These are legit things. But I'm encouraging you to answer this question truthfully so that you can give it to Jesus. Because at the end of the day, church, we have a choice to make. You can reflect Jesus. You can reject Jesus. Or, point number three, will you follow Jesus? Will you follow Jesus? Verse 19, look at this. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. What I love about this text is that it just really reveals the boldness of Jesus in Peter and John. I like how the New Living Translation reads it. The New Living Translation says it like this. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? I know, I said that too. I like that. We cannot stop telling about everything what we have seen and heard. I kind of picture like if Peter and John were in the South, they'd be like, bruh, I ain't worried about what you got to say. I'm way more concerned about what the Lord has to say. Like, look, man, I ain't worried about your agenda. I'm worried about God's agenda. Look, man, I hear you. I see you. But I ain't about that life. I'm about the life of Jesus Christ. And what I love more about this is that they couldn't help but not talk about it. Like, it was exciting for them. It wasn't like they were walking around sharing the bones of God, like, oh, I think this is what we're supposed to do. I don't know. No, 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 no. They were so overwhelmed by the word and the goodness and the greatness and the power of God that they couldn't help but not share it with somebody else. Do I have anyone in the room that can testify to the fact that God is in something powerful in their life? Come on. Do I have anyone in the room that can say that God has shown up and done miracles in their life? They have showed up and answered powerful ways. You didn't think God can do it. You didn't think that God would do it. And he came up and showed up in a radical way. So let me ask you, church, when was the last time that you shared that with people? 
When was the last time that you were so overwhelmed about the goodness and the greatness of God that you couldn't wait to share it with someone else? When was the last time that you were so immersed and, and, and immersed and consumed with the things and the excitement and the power of God that you went, hey, bro, let me come over here and tell you what God did in my life. When was the last time you were so excited you couldn't wait to share this with your family members, with your friends? You couldn't wait to tell his mom, dad, let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. Hey, bro, hey, sis, let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. Hey, boss, let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. Because the very same thing that they're desiring, they can have too if we would only share the gospel because Jesus did a powerful thing in their life. And as I was thinking through this text, because it's one thing to listen to the voice of God. It's another thing to obey the voice of God. But I started thinking, what made them obey the voice of God other than just hearing it? Because we hear voices all the time, right? We hear voices all the time, into which causes it into action. And I started thinking, I said, man, if I were in Peter John's shoes, I don't know if I would have the same confidence to step up to them like that. Is there, is there anyone else I can relate with that? I'm just, I'm just being real. I'm a recovering people pleaser. Anyone, any other recovering people pleasers in the room? <laughs> But it just really made me think and go, what was it that led them to be so consumed and immersed in the things of God that they were obedient to him? And it dawned on me that it's because they knew they had a foundation in the things of God. So let me ask you, LifePoint Church, what's your foundation in? A few years ago, when I was um, active duty, literally actually around this time, almost five years to the date, 2016, and God started shifting me. And we'll know how that works, right? And he starts moving me into something, and I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling this. He starts moving me to the whole chaplaincy, basically. And at the time, for context, me and my wife were one-income household. Um, we were still in debt. And to go into the chaplain candidate program would require me to go from active duty to the reserves. For those who don't know, the reserves is one week in a month. It's two weeks a year. So it's about an 80% pay cut. I mean, it's like less than part-time, all right? So I'd have to find like a whole other job. And as I'm wrestling with this, it didn't make any sense for me to say yes to it. And I remember going, God, I am not good enough to do anything else outside this uniform. What else in the world am I going to do? And I remember God asking me and going, so Mark, let me just ask you a question. Is your army, is the army your provider? Or is it me? And I didn't know it at the time. Here's what he was really asking me. What God was really asking me is, son, what's your foundation then? Is your foundation in the army? Or is your foundation in me? And I hate to say it at that time. My foundation was in the army. It wasn't in God. But I want to ask you, church, the same question. What's your foundation in? What's your foundation in? Because if we're being honest... Some of us have more of a foundation in what our friends think than what God thinks. Some of us have more of a foundation into what culture and society thinks than what our friends think or what God thinks. Some of us have more of a foundation in our social media. I'm amazed at the amount of things that people say on their social media posts because they're more concerned about what people would think on social media instead of what God thinks about them. Some of us are more concerned about the agenda and we have more of a foundation in our politics than we do in the things of God. Some of us have more of a foundation in our family background than we do in the things of God. What's your foundation then? You see, church, the thing about a foundation is that it's not a matter of if you have a foundation. The question is, what's your foundation in? Some of you guys are living your life right now because you're trying to affirm and please the voice of another. 
Some of you guys are doing everything you're trying to do. You're taking the job that you're about to take. You're leaving the job you're about to leave. You're about to step into a relationship that you don't need to step into. Or you're getting out of one that you, should, that you might need to stay in with. And the only reason why you're doing it is because you're trying to appease the voice of another individual. Because you're putting your foundation in them. Where's your foundation in God? Can I just tell you, if you're doing anything, anything at all, in trying to earn and win the approval of someone else rather than God, you will live the rest of your life depleted and discontent. And look at me, church. Jesus did not hang on the cross for you to live your life discontent for the rest of your life. So what's your foundation in? What's your foundation? In my hand, I have a rubber band. And so this hand over here represents the voices of others. So others is mom and dad, siblings, your in-laws. Voices are, others are politics or political stance. Others is your race, culture. Others is the workplace, society, whatever it is, all right? So this is others. This is everybody, all right? And over here is you, just you. This rubber band here represents the voices of others. And here's what happens. God gets a hold of your life. He starts shaping you. He starts molding you. He starts growing you. And because he's shaping you and molding you, he's going to say, hey, son, daughter, I want you to come over here. And as you come over here, others are going to kick in there and say, what are you doing? That's weird. Come on back. You're right. That is weird. Let me come on back down here. But he keeps shaping you and he keeps molding you because you're spending time with Jesus. And God, once again, starts calling you to stretch out. He's saying, my son, my daughter, I want you to come over here. You're right. all right, God, here I come. And once again, the voices kick in. The political agenda kicks in. Mom and dad kicks in. Uh Uh-uh, come back over here. That's not what we stand for. You're right, you're right, you're right. Let me come on back down here. But eventually, here's what happens, Life Point Church. Because you keep being stretched and molded in the things of God, he keeps stretching you, he keeps breaking you. And at some point, Life Point Church, this has to snap, and you have to break free from the voices of other people. And that really hurt, by the way. But here's the point. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt to break free from the voices of people. It's going to be painful to break free from the voices of your family. It's going to be painful to break free from the voices of your politics. It's going to be painful to break free from your political stance, from your racial stance, from your cultural stance. It's going to be painful to break free from your social media stance. But look how much higher you are. Look how much farther you are. Look how much more free you are. And it's because you have spent time with God. He has empowered you and stretched you to do great things. That's what the voice of Jesus Christ does with us. Peter and John didn't have mom and dad to come alongside and tell them what to do. Peter and John didn't even have another apostle to tell them what to do. The only thing Peter and John had was the voice of God. And the voice of God was enough. What's your foundation then? Look at the rest of the verse. Go to verse 21. Verse 21 says this. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people for all are praising God. How many? All. All. Not most. Not some. Not many. Not 99.99999%. All. Everybody. Everybody in the church say Jesus Some of y'all got that reference. Everybody 
was praising Jesus. Do you guys not know that the boldness of Peter and John led to thousands of people saying yes to Jesus? Is it possible that there's somebody right now in the workplace Imagine what your life would look like if you were obedient to Jesus because you operate in the boldness of Jesus Christ that other people got saved because of your obedience. Imagine that. Because all were praising God for what had happened. Everybody. Look at the rest of verse 22. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. This kind of seems like a throwaway text in comparison to the rest of it, right? It's, I mean, it just seems kind of random. And I want to give a shout out to Pastor Randy and Pastor Elmer because they really helped him with this. But I want you guys to think about something. For 40 years, here's an individual who's thinking and seeing life one way. All they see is this because that's all they know. And Peter and John come alongside them, and he gets radically healed, and all of a sudden his life opens up. He sees things in a total different way. And this man was in his 40s. You know what I'm reminded of, LifePoint Church? You are never too old to experience the truth of the gospel. You're also never too young to experience the truth of the gospel. I don't care if you're in your single digits. I don't care if you're in your 20s. I don't care if you're in your 30s. I don't care if you're in your 40s. I don't care if you're in your 50s. Moses, by the way, was 80 years old when God called him. And look at what Moses did. God used an older gentleman to lead literally millions of people out of slavery into freedom because that is what the power of Jesus Christ does. And some of you guys are up here thinking about, you have no idea what my past is, Mark. You have no idea what I've done in my past. Can I just tell you, there's nothing that you have done in which you are so far gone and which, in which God cannot come alongside you and restore you and make you new and make you whole because that is what the truth of the gospel does for us. Can I get an amen? He was more than 40. And here's what I also love about the sex. Not only is he not too old to receive and experience the truth of Jesus, I started thinking, what would have happened had Peter and John not been obedient? Is it possible that this man who was in his 40s could have missed out on the miracle of God because of the lack of obedience of Peter and John? And it posed me to ask a question. Here's a question I want to ask you guys. Is it possible, church, that there are people in your life that have an unanswered prayer, have an unanswered need, because on the other side of their unanswered prayer and need is your obedience. Is it possible that people are missing out on the greatness and the bigness of God because we simply won't obey him? By the way, this is why we do Serve Day. This week, July 10th, you like that plug right there? <laughs> this is why we do Serve Day, I'm, but for real. It's easy to look at this and say, well, well, Mark, I've never done a miracle like that. By the way, the miracle is not always something this big. Sometimes a miracle is just you mowing someone else's lawn. Sometimes the miracle is just going grocery shopping for someone because they literally lack the, the ability to do so for themselves. Sometimes the miracle is making a lunch and just dropping it off for them. Sometimes the miracle is filling out a bunch of index cards with a memory verse on it and saying, this is for you because Jesus loves you. Sometimes the miracle is in the practical. You have no idea what's on the other side of someone else's need. What does it look like for us to just be obedient this is why we also do mission trips. Pastor, Pastor Randy and Pastor Melissa are doing a mission trip at the end of this month to Springfield, Missouri. They're still looking for people to serve. We're doing one in Africa. We're doing one in Vegas in September. I'm doing one in San Francisco. Is it possible that there's people in our community, in our nation, in our world that's missing out on experiencing the fullness of God because of the lack of our obedience? Is it possible that that family member that you've been praying for, I just wish they'd meet Jesus. And, and God's like, I gave them you. What does it look like for you 
to say yes to Jesus so that God would use you to impact their life? Is it possible that that person at the workplace that you are so annoyed and fed up with, that God has you there to bring about a powerful moment so that they too can experience the same God that you too have experienced? What else is it for you? We all have people in our lives that God is waiting for us to use and waiting for us to go out and touch them. But it requires our obedience. Here's the thing, church. We have three options. Three options. You can either obey the voice of you, you can obey the voice of others, or you can obey the voice of God. You can follow the agenda of yourself, you can follow the agenda of others, or you can follow the agenda of God. You can put your foundation in yourself, you can put your foundation in others, or you can put your foundation in God. The question isn't if you have a foundation. The question is, what is your foundation in? Will you put your foundation in God? And I believe because you are here right now, because you're joining us right now, it is not an accident that you are here. It's not an accident that you happen to click this and join us online. It is not an accident that you are listening to this. It's because God is looking to reestablish and restore you so that he can put his foundation in you. Something I was thinking of, God really gave this to me last night. I was thinking about the life of Peter. Because in this moment, right, in Acts, we're only a couple months removed from the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I want you guys to think about something. A few months prior to this moment, because here Peter is standing up to all the Sadducees and the religious people and punking them out. Don't forget, just a few months earlier, when Jesus needed him the most, Peter rejected Jesus. Not once, not twice, three times. I mean, a little... 13-year-old comes over, hey, aren't you the guy that's hanging with Jesus? And Peter's like, nah, I know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. And he just rejects him. Completely fails. Completely fails. Why? He caved under the pressure of the voices of others. And in that moment, here's what he was doing. He didn't put his foundation in Jesus. He put his foundation in people. Three days, of course, Jesus, as he said he would, rises, comes back finds Peter at the lake, and he restores him. He says, Peter, do you love me? He asked him that three times. How many times has Peter denied Jesus? Three times. So Jesus restores him within days. And after he restores him, the same person who would reject him is the same person that Jesus would use to build the backs off of Christianity for thousands of years to come. Why am I sharing that story? Because I feel like there's someone in the room that has a desire who want to put their foundation in Jesus, but they think that their past is too broken. You think that you've experienced too much things for God to come alongside you and restore you. Because you've heard the voices and opinions of other people, you think that there's nothing that you can do that God can't come alongside you and heal you and restore you to do great things. Can I just tell you, LifePoint Church, if Jesus can use a man who denied him in the time that he needed him most, and use the same person to lead the Christianity movement for thousands of years to come, there is absolutely nothing that God can't do to restore and redeem you in this place. There is nothing that God can't do to restore you and redeem you in this place. There is nothing that God can't do to restore you and redeem you in this place. So put your foundation in Jesus. You have three choices, church. 
You can put your foundation in yourself. You can put your foundation in others. Or you can put your foundation in God. And guess what? You can't choose all three. You can only choose one. So what will it be? So then the question becomes, what do we do with this? Because this is a lot, right? What do we do with this? So if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. I caught one. There we go. One's tracking with me. So what do we do with this? And before I go into this, it's going to require two things, guys. It's going to require your humility and your honesty. You have to be humble and you have to be honest about everything I'm about to tell you. Because if you're not honest, if you're not humble about it, this is not going to work. All right? Y'all with me so far? So the next time you have to make a big decision or a small decision, the next time you have to make a decision, ask yourself the first question. Who am I doing this for? Who am I doing this for? Every action and decision you will ever make stems from something. It's either going to be you, it's either going to be others, or it's going to be for God. And if the answer isn't God, which everyone struggles with this, to, to include myself, if the answer is not God, then you ask the second question, what are my barriers? What are my barriers? Because I struggle with this. I already told you earlier, I'm a recovering people pleaser. So when I'm about to make a decision, and if I can't say I'm doing this for God, then I go, what's stopping me? And here's the thing, your barriers can be an attitude adjustment. Your barriers could be a person. For some of you, just spending time with the wrong people. Your barriers, because if it is a person, that's why you need to get in a small group. Who do you have in your life that's influencing you? Are they pointing you to God? Or are they pointing you to the agenda of themselves? You have to identify what your barriers are. So ask. Remember, this requires honesty and humility. What are my barriers? And the third thing is this, which feels very simple. Pray. Pray. What I've come to realize and discover when we start trying to affirm and doing things to affirm for the voices of other people, what ends up happening is it requires our action to do something. So I have to do something to prove myself that I'm valid, or I have to do something to prove to someone else that they're valid. And I have a feeling that some of us are staying at a job that we don't need to be staying at because you're trying to work the approval of your in-laws or your family. Some of us are trying to leave a job, but we won't do it because we're trying to win the approval of someone at the workplace. Some of us won't step out and be bold in the things that God is calling us to do because we're trying to win the approval of someone else. And here's what this means. It means we have to work or behave or act our way into something in order to live in the foundation of something. But here's where God shifts everything. To live in the foundation of Jesus Christ doesn't require an action. You don't behave your way to the foundation of Jesus. You don't act your way into the foundation of Jesus. You don't do things into the foundation of Jesus. You simply accept and live in the foundation of Jesus. That is a way more powerful, freeing way to live. So who am I doing this for? What are my barriers? Pray. Who am I doing this for? What are my barriers? Pray. Some of you are about to go get something to eat after this? Talk about this. Today. Talk about it. Who am I doing this for? What are my barriers? And pray. And trust and know that God is going to embolden you and stretch you and empower you to do great things and break free from the barriers of other people because that is the power of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen, somebody? Can I get an amen, somebody? Can we stand together? If you're joining us online, would you please stand with us? I want to just speak over you guys because it's 
Easier said than done, obviously, to just put your foundation in Jesus. And I realize for some of you, many of those barriers is because of what maybe your mom and dad said. Some of those barriers is because of what a teacher said. Some of those barriers is because of what a friend said. So some of you are living in the voices of other people and you have forgotten what the voice of God says. Let me just remind you what the voice of God says. God says you are loved. God says you are whole. God says you are redeemed. God says you are equipped. God says you are made new. God says you are forgiven. God says you are made whole. God says you are valued. God says you can be bold in my name. God says you can do great things in my name. God says that I want have everything that I have in store for you because I believe in you to do great things in my name. That's the voice of God. I know that mom and dad may have said something else. Some people at the workplace may have said something else. Politics have said something else. Your racial, your cultural background have said something else. Your past and your, and your trauma have said something else. But the power and voice of God says that you are loved, you are redeemed, you are accepted. I want everything to do with you so I can do great things in you, with you, and through you. So I can use you to share the gospel with more people in the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen, Life Point Church? Come on, can we just open our hands together as we sing this out? Can we put our foundation in Jesus Christ? Can we put our foundation in Jesus Christ? Come on, would you lift him up in this place? Thank you, Lord God. Come on, sing it out. right now too and just pray your own prayer lord we thank you heavenly father that you are good that you are sovereign that you are holy lord we thank you that our foundation is in you heavenly father it's not in the voices of this world it's not even in ourselves heavenly father lord i pray heavenly father right now that chains would be broken in the name of jesus i pray lord god that voices that we've been working to try and improve lord god will be broken in the name of jesus lord god i pray that the only voice that we follow would be you lord and i pray lord god that when not if that when that becomes a struggle lord that you would help us to identify the barriers lord god that's getting in our way from being all in with you lord god would you restore our foundation would you restore our agenda lord god would you help us to trust in the fact that you desire to be bold in us with us and through 
through us so that more and more people can say yes to you, Lord God. We trust and know and believe that the boldness of God does not stop with us, Lord God. We are just the beginning, Lord God. We are your conduit, Lord God. We are your cup. Would you overflow in us so that other people can experience the goodness of God. We thank you, Lord. We love you. in your name. Amen. And if we, I also want to pray one more time for the, for the people that might be here in this place. If you are just reestablishing your foundation, maybe you're here for the first time, first time in a long time, you too have rejected God. And if you want to reestablish your foundation today, today is the day to do it. Online campus, if you are watching right now, and you want to reestablish your foundation today, today's the day. So can we just say this all together? Say, Lord Jesus, say, I repent of my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. And I want to follow him for the rest of my life. I will never be the same. I am equipped. Come on, say it like you mean it. I am redeemed. I am made whole. I am made new. I am forgiven. And you will use me to do great things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, we give the Lord some praise one more time. Any good?